Conspiracy theories are most often a smokescreen to divert us from the true evil. My dad was right. This family's money is dirty. Imagination is far more fascinating than reality. Welcome to Working for Uncle Henry, the podcast. I'm the author and your host, Angela Mullins. Well, time to meet another member of the Archer family, Jennifer's mother, Vivian, and all her many last names. Chapter 18. Parker worked in his room waiting for Henry to return home. He was eager to tell him about seeing Zachary at the museum. He stepped out onto the second floor landing where Jennifer was watching intently out the ten-foot-tall windows lining the front of the second floor. What are you looking at? My mother, in all her self-made glory, she answered, continuing her observations. She hated these unannounced visits, as they always tended to be, probably on purpose, so Jennifer, or anyone else for that matter, wouldn't leave. And Vivian's here? Parker asked. Jennifer grinned at him. Oh, do call her that. She'll love it. He walked closer to see for himself... The stylishly dressed Vivian Vincini, Proctor Minot, etc., strode across the lawn, ahead of Gerard and a taxi driver, both laden with luggage. One more bag, and the taxi would have had to pull a trailer. God, look at her. She already has Gerard scrambling. Through the stairway opening, they saw Edith below rushing to the front entrance. Um, at least someone's excited. Jennifer said, then sighed. I guess I should go down and greet her. She started down the stairs. You coming? Oh, I wouldn't miss this, Parker replied with a grin. Vivian burst through the front door Edith had flung open. The two exchanged cheek kisses and joyous greetings, although one may have been more genuine than the other. There's my beautiful daughter. Vivian swooned toward Jennifer with arms opened wide. Jennifer remained still, making no reciprocating advance. Vivian placed her hands on Jennifer's shoulders, but stopped short of the loving embrace she had indicated. She examined her daughter up and down. Darling, have you gained weight? Jennifer had long ago stopped caring about her mother's need to belittle her. Yes, I'm pregnant. You're going to be a grandmother. She replied with resolute calmness. Vivian's fake smile transformed to shock as her mouth dropped open. It was rare for her to be speechless. Oh, my! Edith exclaimed. I had no idea. Congratulations to both of you. Vivian scowled before remembering that such movement of facial muscles was counter to the work she had recently had done. Jennifer grinned. Is it April Fool's yet? Parker laughed. It took Edith a moment. Oh, Jennifer, she said with a chuckle. (laughs) Was Vivian's only response before turning her attention to Parker. So, who's this handsome specimen? It's Parker, mother. Vivian's perfectly manicured dark red nails covered her lips. Oh, my, you've grown and developed, she said, looking him over. Parker's amusement quickly turned to awkwardness. 
He escaped by dashing off to help Gerard get all the bags around to the elevator and up to one of the guest rooms. "'Where's my dear brother?' Vivian asked Edith. "'Oh, I expect he's in his study reading or counting something. He'll be delighted to know you're here.' She clasped her hands in front of her chest. "'Well, I simply must have a lie down before dinner.' Jet lag always gives me such a terrible headache, Vivian swooned. Jennifer rolled her eyes. Edith, will you send Gerard up with a gin and tonic? Feigning exhaustion, Vivian headed up the stairs. We must have a small dinner party tonight, Edith declared as Gerard and Parker returned. I'll invite Anna Ridley. Why don't you two invite a friend, she said to Parker and Jennifer. "'I'll pass,' Jennifer responded. "'Parker, you should invite your friend Iggy.' Parker grinned at Edith's mispronunciation. "'It's Iju, and okay. I'm meeting up with him later.' Edith's hand flew to her mouth. "'Oh, Iju! I must remember that. Iju, 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 Iju.' She continued to repeat the name as she headed back to the kitchen with Gerard. Parker cut his eyes at Jennifer. "'Wow,' he said. Yeah, you had me going with that pregnancy thing for a moment. Oh, please, I took care of that possibility a few years ago. Parker's narrowed eyes questioned her meaning. No one deserves a mother or grandmother like that. She turned and headed around the hallway to the lounge. She was in the mood for something strong. Parker probably wouldn't have left the house while his aunt was visiting, but he had agreed to meet up with Izu for a round of online Xbox competition at the rec room, since Izu refused to make those type of gaming community connections from his house. It was also the first Parker had heard from Izu in a few weeks, and he was eager to share about his trip to Milan, the parts he was allowed to tell anyway. Parker ordered a macchiato and settled in at the bar to wait, as he sipped his steaming sweet coffee, he caught sight of Izu out the window chatting with someone who was just out of Parker's view. An enthusiastic chat based on Izu's animated gestures. Parker was half finished with his coffee by the time Izu turned to enter the coffee shop. It was then Parker saw who Izu had been chatting with, Simon Zachary. Parker met his friend at the second floor steps. They shook hands, indicative of a long absence, where have you been? I called a dozen times. Izu flashed a bright smile. Up to my eyeballs in a project. They climbed the stairs into the game room where a variety of ages was absorbed in the lights and sounds of their adventures and challenges. Was that Simon Zachary you were talking to outside? There was a slight hesitation before Izu answered. The casino guy, yeah, would you believe it? He's a UFO buff. Simon Zachary believes in UFOs? Parker questioned doubtfully as he settled into his gaming chair. Izu shrugged. Well, he seemed fascinated by him anyway. How well do you know him? Izu shook his head. I don't really. But not a bad contact for me, though. I hear he's involved in some pretty high-tech companies. Maybe the casino business is just a hobby. You know him? Uh, no. Parker put on his gaming headset, wiggled around to loosen up, and prepared to crush his buddy. 
While the two friends were engrossed in their racing game, Simon Zachary slipped quietly up to the third floor of the rec room. Anna Ridley's prior engagement left Iju as the only friend in attendance for dinner. He had been eager to accept the invitation after hearing Jennifer Vincini would be there. He arrived early, wearing his best Pokemon t-shirt, the yellow one, under a gray cardigan, his nicest jeans, and slightly worn vans. His long hair was pulled up in a man bun to complete his dressy look. The group sat down to a delicious pot roast, so good it deserved a more elegant name. What brings you around this time, Vivian? Henry barked, the movement of his mouth barely visible through his thick mustache. He knew eventually she would get around to asking about money. Shopping, of course. I'll be heading to New York late tomorrow. I'm staying with some friends in Montauk. I simply adore the Hamptons. Why, oh, why did Father choose to build here instead of there? He could have bought a half of Long Island back then. The only way to get to the ocean from here is to wade through those awful marshes. They're so soggy and wet and ugh, she declared with a shudder. Well, dear, you know, your father said it wasn't safe up there, Edith replied. Isn't that right, Henry? Henry grunted, still attacking his dinner. Too close to that fruity island. What was it now? Peach? Pear? Father was paranoid. The Hamptons are a perfectly safe and lovely place to be. Pomegranate! Edith exclaimed with her index finger in declaration. No, that's not it either. Are you thinking about Plum Island, Mrs. Archer? Ezu asked. Oh, yes, that's it, Plum Island. I plum forgot. She chuckled at her joke. Yeah, that was a sketchy place, Ezu continued. Started out as a Nazi research facility, then an animal research facility, very heavily guarded. Anybody's guess what went on there? For the first time during the meal, Henry looked up from his plate and cut his eyes toward Ezu. Ezu didn't notice, because until now he had been starstruck sitting across from Jennifer and hadn't said much. But since conspiracies were Ezu's favorite topic, he opened up and rattled off a list of outrageous theories and rumors. As you can see, uh, Ezu's a bit of a conspiracy theorist, Parker informed the group with an amused grin. You laugh, but one day, Ezu pointed his finger at Parker, Seriously, though, Plum Island's responsible for Lyme disease and probably even Bigfoot. Parker almost choked on this new revelation. Oh, come on, man. Ezu raised his hands out wide. All you need is a little human-animal crossbreeding, and you engineered the missing link. It's a government conspiracy. Everything's a government conspiracy to you, Parker joked as his eyes drifted down to the caramel cheesecake Gerard had just placed in front of him. He smiled in anticipation of its gooey richness, then continued the debate with his friend. If Bigfoot's real, why don't we ever find dead ones anywhere? Hey, RFID chips, man. The government tracks them and then disposes of them. But there aren't that many of them either. Okay, if the government tracks them, then why don't they round them all up and put them back in the facility? You don't get it, man. They didn't escape. But 
Parker paused to consider Izu's insinuation. Kind of funny to think about all that crazy toxic whatever up there just off the coast from all them rich people in their summer homes. Izu chuckled at the thought. And then there's Camp Hero right there in Montauk. Henry let out a throat-clearing grunt and leered at Izu. Just as quickly, his gaze returned to his plate as he changed the subject. I think I have a buyer for the Vermeer. Oh, I really hate to part with that, Henry, Edith moaned. Now, you know, we can't get too attached. Vivian, who had ignored Izu's comments, now looked up from her plate with interest. A Vermeer! That would be worth a fortune. Jennifer cut her eyes toward her ever-mooching mother. Vivian had a trust fund like the rest of the family, but her first husband, Vincent Vincini, had squandered much of it. After their divorce, Henry reinvested what she had left, but she continued to live above her means. The rest of the dinner consisted of Vivian going on and on about her friends in the Hamptons and various other places around the world. After dinner, Izu left for work, Henry escaped to his office, and Edith whisked Vivian off to show her her latest artworks. Parker and Jennifer left the dining room together. You didn't say much tonight. Your friend is strange. But entertaining, he replied with a smile. A slight grin managed its way across her face. I'm going out, she said. He watched her walk out the front door, no doubt headed somewhere to drown her sorrows in something or someone. Good night, he whispered sadly. The intro to this podcast contains a quote from Henry that says, Conspiracy theories are often a smokescreen to divert us from the true evil. My favorite fictional character, Miss Marple, often says, Where there's smoke, there's fire. And I found that to be true. I've written about that concept in the blog section of my website linked below. You'll also find links to a couple of other podcasts talking about Camp Hero. It is a real place. Thanks for listening. Let me know what you think about the podcast in the comments below and share it with a friend.